Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. From Slate, in collaboration with Ford, comes the new podcast, Life on the Fast Track. Cheer on three Girl Scouts as they design, build, and race wooden cars in the Ford Girls Fast Track races. We'll meet their families, use power tools, and hear what happens when girls are empowered to put STEAM principles to the test. Download and subscribe to Life on the Fast Track wherever you get your podcast. Guys, you are listening to episode number 181, and my guest today is Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer and I met a few months ago when she invited me to join her on her podcast, The Jennifer Allwood Show. I knew that I loved her right away. She has a beautiful way of talking to people so that you feel as though she is for sure your cheerleader. Today, you will be encouraged to do big things with your giftings as you listen to the encouragement from Jennifer and I. Jennifer is passionate about helping women to use their giftings to their fullest capabilities. If you've been teetering on the edge of starting something or jumping into something that might feel kind of scary or wondering what's next for me, this show just might be the best kick in the pants that you need. Jennifer's story of shifting her painting business to an online business is brilliant and fascinating. And no wonder she's now coaching women all around the world on how to make the best use of social media to help their business. I was even writing down tips as we were chatting to help me in my own little social media world over here. Guys, we also talk about parenting because both her and I are knee deep in parenting teenage boys. So there's that. Spoiler alert about parenting teenage boys. We both love parenting our teenage boys. Guys, if you have been listening to the show for a while and you're loving it, could I ask a favor of you? Would you mind heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a rating, a review of the show? I'll take five stars if you're willing to hand them out. If you're going to give me one, you can just maybe not go over to iTunes and leave it. But I want to tell you this review is from someone called Joy Joy Nelson. She said, I can't believe I am just now getting around to reviewing this podcast. This was the first podcast I ever listened to, and it was for sure the gateway to my love of podcasts. Jamie is down to earth, interesting, and authentic. Her conversations with her guests are really like listening to a conversation girlfriends would have over coffee or cocktails. I look forward to this podcast every week. Well, thank you for those kind words. And I am so glad that you look forward to this podcast every week and keep coming back to it. Okay, one more person left this comment. They said, started listening at the end of 2017 and I can't stop listening every day. I listen to one and it's so nice to listen to all these real women talking about real things, messy and all. Thank you, Jamie, for your encouragement and love for God. You guys, thanks for those sweet comments. I don't really need the ratings and reviews to help me feel better about myself, but what they do is they help people find the show on iTunes, and we do want more people over at the happy hour with us. And speaking of iTunes reviews, you guys, my friend Jess, who's the founder of Noonday Collection, which if you've been around for any amount of time, you know how much I love Noonday Collection. They just released a new spring line last week, which is gorgeous. But anyhow, Jess launched her new podcast called Going Scared this month. Here's the deal, friends. If you care about social impact, entrepreneurship, or you just want to live a more courageous life, this is going to be your go-to podcast. Here's what Jessica's doing for you right now. If you subscribe and take a screenshot for Instagram and then tag Jessica, you're going to have a chance to win an amazing Moroccan rug that she picked up on her last trip to Morocco. So when you tag Jessica, make sure you spell her name right or you find her over there. It's Jessica. And then her last name is spelled H-O-N-E-G-G-E-R. I'm a little bit jealous because I know I cannot win, but the rug is beautiful. Go ahead and subscribe. While you're there, you guys, subscribe to the happy hour. Subscribe to Jennifer Allwood's podcast, who's the guest today. 
just start subscribing, you guys, and then your ears are going to be blessed with so much good stuff. Anyhow, find Jessica Honiger. Going Scared is the name of her podcast. Also, guys, if you don't know, Happy Hour Live tickets went up last Friday. Find the link over on my Instagram, and I sure hope that you get to come to one of these nights, Friday and Saturday night, May 4th and 5th. It's truly the most fun that we do every year with the happy hour. So I hope you get to join us for that. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the happy hour. Amy, I am so seriously excited to be here. Thank you so much. This is fun. Now, I had the extreme, wonderful, fabulous opportunity to be on your podcast recently, which that was fun. Thank you for that. You are so welcome. It's funny. So I was talking to my friend, Christine, a couple of years ago, and I was telling her, I think I want to start a podcast. And Christine's like, oh my gosh, there's this girl. Her name's Jamie. <laughs> Ivey. Have you heard of her? And I'm like, I have not heard of her. She's like, she has the best podcast ever. And so then of course I'm Googling and started listening. And then, you know, a year or so later started my own podcast. So that's how I found you and just was so honored that you would take the time to be on my show. And um, I just absolutely love what you're doing, girl. Well, thanks friend. That is one of my favorite things that I hear is people saying, Hey, I, I saw you doing a podcast and then I started my own because I do not have the scarcity mentality. I do not think like, oh, I have a show. I can't believe you started a podcast too. Absolutely not. Like I love women starting podcasts. So congrats to you. How many episodes have you put out? We are a little over a year in. So I think we're at like 56 episodes, which is so funny because I wish I had started it a lot earlier. And can I tell you a secret, Jamie? Yeah. I talked about a podcast like a couple of years ago and I was talking to my husband about it. And he's like, I don't know, sweetie, do you feel like since you do a lot of television, you do a lot of Facebook live that, you know, people are used to seeing your face and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, they prefer that over just hearing your voice. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Like, maybe you're right. And not that I'm blaming it at all on my husband, but I wish that I had gone with my gut at the time and started it then because I enjoy it so much. It's such a fun way, even though it's all audio. Like I listen to podcasts before I listen and read books anymore. I don't know. I know about you, me too. I'm addicted. Me too. So I, so that makes me want to ask you this question. Do you feel as though, and we'll talk about this later with your Facebook live stuff, do, but do you feel as though your Facebook fans or followers, whatever you, I don't even know they're called, do you yep. feel like they're also podcast listeners? I feel like there is a very small percentage of people that follow me on social media who are podcast listeners. It's interesting to me, Jamie, because there's times when I'll say, hey, if you you know want to listen to the podcast, here's where you go over my website, or you can download the podcast app and listen to it on your phone. And I'm really surprised at how many questions I get about that of, of people who maybe they just don't know. Maybe they're intimidated by the word podcast, or they haven't been introduced to them yet. They haven't kind of started it, you know, and I feel yeah. like if you kind of listen to one. It's like a gateway drug. <laughs> totally. <laughs> one podcast and you're hooked is the majority of the time. And so I feel like there's just a little bit of education that still needs to take place on me with my audience on, you know, how to find a podcast, how to find ones you listen to. But what's crazy pants is there are podcasts about every single topic under the sun totally. anymore. I, I was seeing the other day, like there's a podcast now dedicated to stories of people who have been incorrectly put in prison for oh, crimes yeah, they did yeah. not commit. There's podcasts, you know, obviously there's so many business ones and so many life and style ones, but it's fascinating to me. You know, that's interesting for me as well, because I am like you so many times I'll tell people, well, this is my job. I'm a podcaster. And they're like, well, what's a podcast? Right. And since I listen to them all day long, I think everybody in the world knows about them, but that's just not true. We can look at our numbers and see that there are so many people who maybe follow us on social media who aren't listening to podcasts. And so we should do like a 
how to subscribe to a podcast, Facebook live video or something. I would love that. Um, okay, Jennifer, tell us about your family. Yes. Yeah, so I live in Kansas City, Missouri. I was actually born and raised in a small community um, in Iowa, moved to Kansas City when I was 18 and met my husband when I was middle 20s. And we are, like I told you, happily married most days, most days. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we just, I know. Well, we just had our 20th wedding anniversary. And, you know, I would love to say it's all been super easy. It hasn't, but it's, I will tell you this, it's worth it. It's been worth it. It hasn't been easy, but it's been worth it. So we, uh, we have three kiddos together. We have two teenage boys and a 10 year old girl who kind of runs the family. And yeah, we, um, I love, you know, one of the things I loved about you, Jamie, is your adoption story. Mm -hmm. And that always was something I related to. We actually tried to adopt for four years. We waited for two years to adopt a newborn. And then we decided we were getting older and our kids were older. So we waited for two years to adopt out of the foster care system in Kansas City. And neither of those things happened. And we're actually okay with that. And we feel like at the end of the day, we've been obedient to what God has asked us to do in terms of pursuing adoption. Uh, we always thought we'd have four kids though, but we have three who we love and adore. And, um, and so, yeah, and you never know what's in the future. I mean, I don't want to say anything that would make you mad, but you just never know, Jennifer. You never do. But let me tell you something. I'm getting older <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> what did, my daughter said the other day, she said, mom, why don't we just have another baby? I said, honey, I'm okay. 46. I have old <laughs> eggs. This is not happening. <laughs> you do not look 46, by the way. I'll just put that out there. Oh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for that. Okay. So, no, you know, if God brings us some crazy situation, we would be completely open to that. We um, never want to close the door to what God may have next for us that we can't see. So we're very open to that. And we're very content with our family also where we're at right now. Okay, awesome. How old is your oldest son? He is 16. He just got his driver's oh license. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look, can we talk about that for a yes, second? Yes, please. You have drivers, don't you? No, my oldest is 14. Okay. So let me, I, can I chat with you from mom to mom here? So so many women told me, okay, you're going to freak out when they drive. You're going to hate it. You're going to watch him leave the driveway and just, you know, freak out and cry and blah, blah, blah. That was not my story. My story is this. It has made this incredible, like, (laughs) I'm sure my voice just totally changed. (laughs) There is so much freedom when one of your kids gets a license. It's no more like, you know, me having to run to the store for milk. It's Noah, babe. Um, If you would like mom to put gas in your car this week, will you run to the store and grab me some milk and also pick this up on your way home? And oh, by the way, can you drop your sister off? Jamie, it's amazing. It is amazing. This is just what I'm looking forward to because with four kids and I was telling you that my husband's out of town right now. And so tonight when all these kids need to be in different places, I am just a ragged mess trying to get them everywhere. And imagine if Caden could drive himself. And I mean, yeah, it is a little bit scary and there's lots of praying going on. But the truth is, I mean, at age 14 and 15, pretty much the hat you're wearing is chauffeur right now. I, I know totally. that that's what we've done for the last two years. All we find ourselves doing as parents is taking our kids, and especially when you have a couple of them, you know, mm-hmm. we've got three. And so one needs to be at this practice. One needs to be picked up from this one. I'm constantly texting friends. We're trying to tag team and, you know, handle all the things together, but it gets so chaotic. And so it's just such a game changer for one kiddo, for there to just to be an extra driver in the house. Like I am loving it. And uh, I'm just so grateful. It just, it feels like, do you remember, Jamie, when you were able to finally put away the diaper bag? Oh, 
Do you remember? Do you, yes. Okay. You hear that exhale? That's how yes. I found the day Noah got his driver's license. I did the diaper bag exhale. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. We're in a oh. new season. <laughs> I mean, we could list all the things. I still have friends having babies. Like this yep. is my life. And so I look at everything they have to, and so many of my yes. listeners are in the trenches of babies yes. and everything that you have to take with you yes. is like half your house. It is. And I look at my precious friends. I have you know, a, a friend, Christine, a friend, Ashley, and, and they're still in the thick of it with little ones who are just, you know, starting grade school and things. And I look at them and I feel exhausted, Jamie. And I think <laughs> they, they just seem like they're doing so much and they seem like they're so busy and they seem like, you know, I can't imagine doing what they do. And then I remember, oh, I did it. Literally our life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know what, Jennifer, I think this is funny too. And I tell my girlfriends this, I'm like, you're tired now, but it's a different tired when you have middle school and teenage kids. Wouldn't you agree? No, totally. Because in, I can sleep in. I mean, it's a different tired. You're able to sleep through the night. You're tired because you're having to think, you're having to think more when yeah. you're parenting teenagers and you're having to be much more intentional. And the things that you're worried about are not the fever in the middle of the night or the, the diaper rash or the, you know, somebody at school has head lice and how do we make sure? Like those are right. the, you know, I can remember those being the stresses in grade school. Now with two teenage boys, the, the worries and what's exhausting costing me are things that are completely different. Have we done enough as parents? Have mm-hmm. we steered them in the right direction? Are the friends they're hanging out with um, leading them in a good direction? Are they good friends? Are they kids of character? Like those are the types of things that are exhausting now. Just thinking the older they get, you know, the, the more out on the rope, like they kind of are, you know, we're just giving them an extra foot all the time and they're getting further and further away from needing us as much and from being under our very watchful eye as much. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, the whole intent is we're supposed to raise them to leave, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, one of my boys said, mom, can you take me to the store tonight? I want to buy a gift for fill in the blank. It was a girl's name. Yeah. And my initial reaction was like, no, because we talk about, we don't have girlfriends yet. Like we're pretty old school strict about that around here. And I kind of really like it, but our conversation of Aaron and I was like, well, we don't want, how, how do you parent well in this moment? Because I want my kids to always be able to ask me things and talk to me about things. And if I just say, no, you're not getting a girl a gift. You're too young. Don't, that's dumb. Don't even think about it. Well, right. then I just completely squashed this feeling mm-hmm. that my son might be having like, oh, I like this girl and I want to be nice to her and give her a gift. And so that's what I was navigating yesterday. And I'm telling you, that was hard because I thought I want to do it well. And so there was a lot of like talking and teaching involved. Like, you know, we, my son, whenever Aaron and I start like parenting through talking to them through stories and stuff, my oldest son always goes parenting. Like, you know, he can tell that's what's happening. <laughs> Hashtag, parenting. Hashtag parenting. But there was just a lot of conversation, but that's what it is when you have older kids is you're trying to navigate. How do we set them mm-hmm. up well so that we can yeah. launch them? And how do we still let them depend on us and come to us? Oh, it's a lot of work. It is. And you know, the funny thing is, is I never knew that this was going to be what parenting looked like at this age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It kind of feels like, I remember when I went into labor the first time, Jamie, and I kind of felt a little bit duped by my girlfriends because nobody told me that the pain was like, you know, it wasn't in my belly. Like, and nobody told me about the checkups later and about the fancy (laughs) underwear in the hospital. All those, like I literally just did diaper that you had to wear. Yes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, nobody told me about all this stuff. Like we went to the parenting classes and the breastfeeding classes and all that at the hospital. But I felt like I just kind of didn't know the back end. Like I didn't have a peek behind the curtain. And so I love talking to women who are coming up just kind of right behind me with kids just a little bit younger and trying to give them that peek behind the curtain to what it's like to raise teenagers. 
you know, I know so many people, they talk about the frustrating side of raising teenagers and, you know, the mouthiness and the disrespect and all that. And that has not been our experience. Our experience has been, I am obsessed with teenagers. I Mm -hmm. love them. They are so much fun. It's so much fun to get to watch a movie with them. It's so much fun just to have like adult conversations. And it's so much fun to see that they actually have like real live minds, like opinions and opinions that matter. And they're smart and they're funny. And I enjoy spending time with them so much. And so in this season that we're in with two teenagers, they're 14 and 16, I adore spending time with them. And yet they want to spend less with us. Oh, my heart. You know what I'm saying? And I enjoy watching them make decisions. And yet I'm still like, oh gosh, I hope they do a good job. I hope they do a good job. And so it's just a whole new season um, when they're teenagers. I love it, but it's also, um, you know, a lot of crossing my fingers, a lot of remembering that really great parents can sometimes have kids that end up going sideways. Totally. And parents who are very unintentional and, and maybe, you know, don't take parenting quite as seriously or parent a much different, they sometimes end up having kids that are just amazing. And so I try to remember that we can only do what we can do. And God's grace is so good. And he's going to fill in the gaps. Jason and I are doing the best that we can on any given day. I'm sure that we're making mistakes. I'm praying we're not jacking them up somehow. (laughs) We're definitely making mistakes, Jennifer. I mean, we're just doing the best we can. I mean, that's what we do. There's days, Jamie, that I think, how am I 46 with a mortgage and who trusted (laughs) children? Like, I still feel like I need to know all the things. I know. I know. It's crazy. And, you know, it's interesting because I love teenagers as well. And our oldest is 14. And so we are adoring our time with him and our 12-year-old boys. Now, both of us have 10-year-old girls. So I would like for us to chat in four or five years and see if we have the same sentiment about teenage girls. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I will. Right now, our 10-year-old daughter, she we joke that she rules the family mm-hmm. and she does it. But I will tell you that um, we don't have a lot of girls in our family. My husband's father is one of six boys. My dad has all boys for siblings. We have miscarried twice in trying to you know build our family. And I always wanted a girl. I have two brothers and four stepbrothers. So I'm just, I come from a lot of boys. All right. right. And so I always wanted a girl. I can't imagine my life without my boys. I, I, I mean that with everything in me. I'm obsessed with being a boy mom, but my heart was always to at least have one daughter. And so she came out just kind of, you know, with the world by the tail and she's very passionate. She's just, um, she's a force to be reckoned with. And I think some of that has to do with birth order and just that she's the baby and also the girl after the boys. Uh Um, and I love her and I adore her and I'm trying really hard to make sure that I'm teaching her the things that I want her to grow into and understand as an adult woman. So Uh how to treat other women, how to treat other young girls, how to stand up for yourself, how to say when things are not okay, how to express your emotions in ways that people will respect and respond to, um, how to not manipulate situations. I mean, those are all the things that keep me awake at night with her. Like, am I doing a good job in these areas? Because as an adult woman, there's some relationships are just a struggle. And, um, and a lot of the struggles that I've had as an adult woman 
have been, you know, half the responsibility of that is mine. And I could have done things better in a ton of scenarios. And I'm sure you know exactly some of those situations in your own life. I mean, we're all, you know, a work in progress. And so with her, the the focus is just much different than with the boys and, um, you know, and trying to help her to understand she is not what she looks like. And, um, and her character is what matters. And, you know, it's just all the things, Jamie. Yep, I know I, we're the same way with the daughter around here, all of those things, yeah. helping build her confidence, helping her know who she is in Jesus Absolutely. besides anything else. Um, okay. So speaking of kids, yeah, your kids call you Facebook famous <laughs> they do, and that cracks me up. Yep. Because they're like, holy crap. My mom has over 300,000 followers on Facebook. I'm sure. Um, can you walk us through how you do work on Facebook? Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, so sure. So I started a Facebook business page for a painting company that I own in Kansas City 10 years ago or so, whenever Facebook kind of started rolling out the things. And I just kind of messed around on it a couple of years, Jamie, and didn't really, you know, I was on Facebook to look at people's babies and cats. You know what right. I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to know what they were doing on a Friday night. Well, then I kind of tried to start using my business page that was then called The Magic Brush. It's now called Jennifer Allwood and it's verified with the little check mark. So it's easy to find. But I started using it talking about the painting we were doing in people's homes. And uh, my painting business did really well in Kansas City. We got to do three episodes of Extreme Home Makeover with Ty Pennington. I've had clients fly me to Belize to look at their projects. We've been able to travel around the Midwest and do, you know, big, beautiful homes. We've, we've had a really good run at that painting company, which by the way, I closed down the last year, but. Okay. Can I ask you a question real quick about painting? Because I'm not an interior design. I don't get all of that world. I don't see things the way that you guys do. When you say painting, I think of like, you're coming in to paint my wall, a certain color. So back when we started the company 17 years ago, we were coming in to make your walls maybe look like stone or we okay. were a fake brick wall. It was decorative painting, faux painting. We were painting a mural or we were glazing the walls to look, you know, like there was a couple different shades or maybe we were doing stripes on your walls. But so we, we did that for years. We made like fiberglass garage doors look like real wood. We painted furniture that we would pick up at garage sales and things. So for 17 years, I owned that company and just absolutely loved it. And so I started using Facebook um, and my business page to really try to get more clients in the Kansas City area. Because at one point I had eight women painting for me every day out in the field. So I started kind of getting serious about Facebook. And then I realized, okay, I kind of enjoy this, Jamie. It's funny because I get kind of paid to do video and to speak for a living right now. But I consider myself, honestly, a a very much an introvert, maybe perhaps an extroverted introvert, but very much an introvert. But what I found is that's why I love social media, because I'm able to kind of control what I put out there and then look through the responses when I feel like it. And if I do a Facebook live or something, I could hit end on that. And I found I could kind of be quirky and kind of let my freak flag fly a little bit on social media. And it was fun. And people seem to talk back to me. And so about four or five years ago is when I really got serious about building my social media following and using that for business. And that's now I've got over 310,000 followers on Facebook. And um, my current obsession is Instagram stories. I love that, which my kids cringe at all the time. And do your kids use that word cringy, by the way? No, but my kids do cringe at Instagram stories. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> because they're like, mom, my friends are watching your Instagram stories. Yep, totally. hundred percent. Like, oh, and they're like, but you said dad was hot. And I'm like, listen, son, someday <laughs> I hope your friends think their spouse is hot. So this is real life. And, and I love social media. At the end of the day, I love social media. I love it to one, encourage 
other business owners and the majority of my following, Jamie is, is female. I mean, I have like three guys that follow yeah, me. me too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, the, I love to use it to encourage business owners, to encourage women, to empower them. And so that's what I'm doing on social media. And, um, and I love it. It's opened up crazy, ridiculous doors for me, just, you know, purely based on the number in my following. So yeah, Facebook famous is kind of a funny way to put it. I love it so much. And you know, I love social media as well for all the things you mentioned. I'm, I'm not a fan of Twitter because I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the time to keep up and it doesn't seem like a very friendly place that I don't want to hang out. If that makes well, sense. I think things get lost. I think, you know, Twitter just, um, you know, and part of my job right now is I coach women on social media pretty much every day on how to use their social media, to grow their business. But Twitter, just the rotation of it is just so fast. Like you can put a tweet out and nobody can find it 20 minutes later because totally. just so it's just so quickly refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And so I am not a fan of Twitter either. I know people who are and use it as an amazing tool. I know though that there's some people that like to communicate via Twitter. So let me give you an example. I've spoke with Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper and who are from your neck of the woods at yes. the home show in Kansas City on two different years. So Chip and Joe would speak and then I would speak and then they would speak or I would speak before them and kind of prep the crowd for Chip and Joe. It was um, a very stressful job. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Come before Joanna Gaines. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, uh, no, so, not me. But, um, but I can tell you like Chip loves Twitter. And so if you tweet him, he will respond. I mean, I'm not going to say every time, but I've tweeted Chip before and I get a response back. And I'm like, isn't that crazy that for some people, Mm -hmm. that's just a method of how they like to communicate. I don't, but if you DM me in Instagram, maybe I'll be DMing you right back. Like I love that. And so I just think we all need to pick our poison and figure out where we like to play and just go all in there when it comes to, you know, building your social media following for business. Okay, guys, I know you're loving this conversation between Jennifer and I, but I want to take a chance to thank two sponsors for this show. The first one is Go Go Squeeze. You know, here's the deal. Go Go Squeeze believes that every kid should get the energy they need to explore, play, and just be kids. Fueling their adventures with a great snack that is just as tasty as it is good for them, and that would be Go Go Squeeze. Go Go Squeeze is made from 100% all natural fruit and no artificial anything. I love that, you guys. Nothing but orchard fresh apples and other wholesome fruit, all in a squeezable pouch that's ready to go wherever they go. And any kid will tell you that Go Go Squeeze is delicious. They've got over 25 amazing flavors. The great taste of apples blended with strawberry, banana, cinnamon, and so much more. Or check out their fruit and veggie Z blend. There's even yogurt Z in a pantry friendly pouch. These things are all amazing and all of my kids love them from my 14 year old all the way down to my 10 year old. So you guys, we can pack the lunch boxes with something delicious for our kids that we can also feel great about. Go, go squeeze fruit on the go pouches. Find them in the applesauce aisle today. Okay, I want to thank another one of our sponsors. That last sponsor was so that we can give healthy things for our children. But this one, ladies, this is all for us. Here's the deal. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you and your body. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G, and that is Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit and feel great. Those are two things you need, guys. It needs to fit and feel great. While most old school bra brands only carry 15 sizes, Third Love offers 60 sizes, you guys, including half cups, which no one else does. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, that's you guys, 15% off your first order. 
To find the bra you've been waiting for, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It only takes about 60 seconds and you can do it right from your house. Here's what I need you to know is you're never going to have another one of those awkward fitting room experiences again. You guys know what I'm talking about. We've all been there. Try a third love bra. It is so comfortable. You might forget that you're wearing it. And if you don't agree, returns and exchanges are easy and free. This year, ladies, let's make the change that will change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie now to find your perfect fitting bra. And you guys, I wear these bras and adore them. You're going to get 15% off your first purchase. It's thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Jennifer. Okay, so let's talk about social media for a minute. And then I want to go into like dreaming big dreams and doing all those things. And I have a, a cool story to tell you about that as well. So social media for your business, I have seen it do wonders for my business as well. And so there might be someone listening who either A, is just on the cusp of starting something. Yep. Um, and man, I say all the time, 2018, you can do almost anything you want to do for a job. I mean, it is crazy town what you can do, especially with the internet. So there may be someone who's like, I'm about to start this business or someone who is maybe a year in, two years in, and they feel kind of stagnant. Yeah. Can you give us just a couple of social media tips that maybe could help someone either get some wind in their sails or some things to start with? Absolutely. Okay. So the thing with social media is that it honestly like levels the playing field, Jamie, for all okay. So here's, here was my story, for instance. I live in Kansas City. I owned a decorative painting company. There were plenty of decorative painting companies in the Kansas City area. We were not the best by a long shot. Not the most. I was not the most talented artist. I was not the most talented business owner. But if you can win at social media and market yourself well, like that's what will take your business to a next level, even more a lot of times, even more so than talent. And so I oh. think sometimes women are like, well, I'm not the best. Uh, you know, nobody's going to buy my things. And I'm like, okay, sister, but listen, if you will start talking more about your things and you will show up for your community and you will give, give, give and serve your audience, you don't have to be the best earring maker, painter, pottery person, artist. Um, there's a million of the things, but mostly my audience is like makers and uh -huh. DIYers and crafters and painters. You don't have to be the best. You just have to be the best at marketing your business. And so social media is supposed to be social. And so one of the biggest tips I have for people is this. If you're going to like your Instagram or you're going to your Facebook page, and I call it just barfing up sales posts, Jamie, okay. <laughs> because I think that's honestly what it is. And just, and just kind of telling people, you know, where they can read your blog post, where they can find your earrings to buy. Where you're saying if that's all you do, if that's all you do, you're going to struggle to grow your social media. I agree. Because people don't want to be sold all day long. And at this day and age in 2018, when we are more connected than ever before on our cell phones, we are also lonelier than ever before. We are also more disconnected. We're more connected with the thing we're holding in our hands sometimes and the people under our roof. And so you've got to remember that when people are opening up their phone at night, they should be having conversations with their spouses or whatever, but they're laying in bed and they're, they're going through Facebook. They don't want to be sold to. And so they, you need to be using your social media for relationship building. And so relationship building looks like this. It looks like, 
like showing up on a consistent basis. So in just terms of really practical tips, Jamie, I tell people you got to be posting on your Facebook page four times a day. Wow. Four times a day, four times a day, babe. And you have to do that because Facebook is run on algorithms. And that basically just means that Mark Zuckerberg's really smart systems are just looking for consistency. They're looking for the businesses that are showing up consistently every day. So if you post on Facebook one day and then you wait for three days and you do two posts and then it's eight days before you post again, what you're saying to Facebook is I'm not a serious, legit business who's showing up day after day. And so they show you less when you do show up and make a post. So if you want your stuff to be shown four times a day, if you want your stuff to be shown twice a week, you need to be doing a Facebook live because Mark Zuckerberg has said for business owners, that he wants you looking at your cell phone to almost be like a television experience. He wants people to be doing video and they will show video before they'll show any other post in your feed. So for anyone who already has a Facebook page and they're like, people don't talk back to me. I feel like it's not growing. Nobody ever sees anything. I'm telling you, do a Facebook live and it will change everything. I've had four Facebook lives, Jamie, go viral to over a million people. And one of them was me having my nails done at the nail salon. Like I was, no. using, I was using this stuff called dipping powder. I don't know uh-huh. if you're, I love it. That's what I do. Oh my gosh. I love dipping powder. So I thought, let me just turn this on a Facebook live and see if anybody will get on and watch. And 2000 live viewers later and 1 million on the reach later, that thing went viral in a couple of days, which is crazy. And so Facebook lives are what Mark Zuckerberg wants you to do on Facebook. And if you're serious about growing your business through social media, you have to go live at least twice a week. But what I find most business owners do, Jamie, is they'll set up their business page and they won't be consistent, number one. But number two, they kind of want to hide behind their business. And Mm. I know a lot of, this is the case for a lot of women. Like it's easier for me to talk about the things that I make than to show a picture of me making it. Right. Or it's easier for me just to send you over to my blog post where I talk about decorating a room in my home than it is for me to go on Facebook Live and actually show you how I put together the mantle. A lot of women are uncomfortable being in the position of, they feel like the focus is on them and they want to take the focus off of them and just totally focus on the thing that they do and the thing that they make. But I'm telling you, if you will make that leap in your mind and you will start showing up for your audience in terms of who you are and what you believe in. And oh, by the way, I make and sell a few things. Your sales will skyrocket. And so that's what I train women to do. Oh, this is so good because I have seen that when women feel as though they can connect to you on a personal level, it's exactly what you said about, I might not have been the best painter, but people started to like me. And that is so true. Okay. So like you, if you, if you, if they don't know who you are and there's exactly, um, let me think of the saying real quick, Um, love me or hate me, but there's no money in the middle. Mm. And, and I love that saying, because I think that when you start talking just a little bit about your family, like to whatever level you're comfortable with, talk about the shows that you watch on TV, talk, like sprinkle in bits and pieces of your life. It'll become like obvious to your audience, to your followers, to your following. Um, and if you have more than two, I mean, that's a following. Okay. That's, and Jesus only had 12, by the way. So if you've got 30 people following you on Facebook, show up for those 30 people. But if, when you kind of let them know who you are, you will be shocked that you will like attract more people with that similar like values and similar thoughts about life. And I know our pastor one time told me, Jamie, and I'm sure you can relate to this. He said, you know, if you put a group of people in a room, it's amazing. The people who are super positive about life and, you know, always have the glass half full, they will somehow inevitably find each other in the room. 
And then the people who the glass is always half empty, somehow they find each other too. Like you just, it's almost like you're magnetized to one another. And social media does the same thing, but your Facebook account can't attract the people that you want who are like-minded if you never give little glimpses of what your life and your story and your heart is all about on your social media. So that's where people miss it so often. They only want to talk about what they do and what they make and what they sell. And they don't want to talk at all about the, the relatable things, Jamie, that will make people know, like, and trust them. And that's why people buy. Like if you, Jamie had something for sale and another woman had the exact thing for sale, same price, everything was similar. Every day of the week, people are going to buy from the woman that they know, like, and trust. It does not matter if, when everything's equal, that's who they buy from, who they know, like, and trust. And so you have to let people know you in order to like you and trust you. I love that. It's, I have an example out here. Some of the chips that we love, this is random. It's, they're a brand called Siete and it's, grain-free chips that our family loves and they are actually based here in Austin. And I've been following them on Instagram because they give us this behind the scenes and their stories and then their pictures are just beautiful. So there's a great, okay. So that's Facebook. Does the same ring true for Instagram? The same rings true, I believe, for Instagram, but Instagram's a little bit different because people want to see pretty photos on Instagram. But there's, you know, there's always anomalies to that. And there's always people who are just posting more real life things and less staged that do really well. I mean, Jen Hatmaker, I believe, is a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. And I love Jen. She's been on my podcast. And she has a perfect example of an Instagram account that where she just does a lot of relationship building. Uh, but I follow a ton of people on Instagram who are posting beautiful pictures of their homes and you know, gorgeous pictures of clothing that they wear and lifestyle bloggers. And when I look at those, the majority of the time, Jamie, I'm like, okay, my pictures ain't never going to be that. Like I don't have the ability to take photographs that good. And I feel like I can't quite measure up to that. But what I can do on Instagram is I can do Instagram stories. And I'm shocked at how much I love that. I, I call it the, ins- I call it the Snapchat for old people, the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yes. my kids were like, mom, you should get on Snapchat. And I can't figure it out. Like, I swear to you, I'll go to Snapchat. And the only thing I'll do is I'll turn it on and I'll put on that one filter. And you know, the filter I'm talking about, which is where you look like you're in Hawaii and there's like flowers across your forehead and your skin is all really nice and tan. And I'll take a picture of myself. And that's literally all I can understand how to do on Snapchat. But what I do get on Instagram stories is, um, the ability just to connect with people in little 15 second or whatever they are videos and to do kind of the behind the scenes and to give people glimpses into our family. And I have found that I have gained so many new followers, Jamie, just from talking back and forth with people through the Instagram messaging. I love it for that reason. And you and I have chatted through Instagram messaging. You do a great job on your Instagram. I love Instagram. It's my favorite. And listening to you talk is just really a kick in the pants for me about Facebook because this is a struggle like mine. And I've heard people say, you know, pick one or two platforms and just do your best there. And I have picked one and I would like to also have Facebook as something as well. And it's just something that I am going to have to be intentional about and think about that. I just don't do a good job about it, but you're encouraging me to go over there and do that. Well, and what I always tell people is to pick two. And I'm going to tell you why Um, you have to pick Facebook because it's the giant. I mean, the numbers are something like 7 billion with a B people are getting on. Don't ask Siri, by the way, because I could be quoting that wrong, but every day, you know, onto their Facebook. So it is the giant. So you have to be there. And then the second one, I just suggest if Facebook were down and you were at the dentist office and you, 
you know, had to play somewhere on social media, which one would you go to? Because the truth is you'll be good at the one that you're already playing on. And so that will be easy for you. So like for you, it's Instagram. So you need to focus on Facebook and Instagram. But you know, the thing with Facebook is it does change its rules on occasion and it changes its algorithms. And the truth is Facebook owns Instagram. And so there's algorithm changes there. So I always suggest you never put all of your eggs into any one social media basket. And so you're really smart, Jamie, that you're reaching people on Instagram. You're reaching people still on your blog. You're reaching people through your brand new book and you're reaching people through your podcast. You need to make sure you have a lot of those different touch points so that if anything ever went sideways and let's say your Facebook page went down for three days, Mm -hmm. like mine did a couple of years ago. I literally lost my Facebook page for three days. I, you know, at that point had probably 150,000 followers. I literally sucked my thumb in a corner for three days and thought, dear Jesus, what have I done? (laughs) And what that showed me is that as a business owner, I can never put all my eggs into one basket. I have to diversify across the board and really focus hard on things like an email list and my Mm -hmm. website and getting, you know, page views and things so that uh, when and if, or not when, but if, when social media changes rules that I still have a way to make money online and, and still contact clients online. And so I love social media, but I always suggest that you do at least two and that you never put all your eggs into any social media basket. Okay. This is fabulous. And I'm going to, this is on my calendar to do eventually, but I'm going to bring my friend Jenna Kutcher on. Do you know, Jenna? I follow her on, on Instagram. Yes. And so her big I thing is she's, you were friends with her. You're friends with all the people. Well, I like Jenna. We went to Guatemala this fall together with Noonday Collection. And so she is huge on email lists. And you just mentioned it yes. because her thing is, if all this stuff went away, Absolutely. who do you have that you can still contact? So we're not going to talk about that now, but I'll bring Jenna on and we can talk about it. I but that's it. also something to focus on. Okay, so Facebook, Instagram yep. strategies. I'm going to implement some of these Facebook things today and I may even come back and become one of your clients. So awesome. just put that little in your head right there, put that there. But I want to go on to dreaming big dreams and stuff like that. But first, before we do that, you do coaching. So just give us Tell these ladies in case they're like, oh my gosh, I love what Jennifer's saying. How can she teach me? How can you teach people? Thank you. Okay. So it was probably two and a half years ago, Jamie, I started getting people saying, okay, girl, you've got, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 people following you on social media. Like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? And I have a really great sized email list and have blogged for 10 years at the magicbrushinc.com about home and decorating and decor and stuff. And people were asking me, will you coach me? Will you train me? And I'm like, what? Like, who? What? It wasn't even (laughs) on my radar. And then I was like, okay, let's think about this for a minute. And so I started offering like a coaching group online and, um, and have had that for a little over two years now. And Jamie, I'm coaching over 2000 business owners right now, crazy groups online. And so basically what I'm teaching them is how to use the online space to promote your business and how to make money. And because here is my story for, and I, I'm guessing that a lot of your audience can relate to this or know someone who can. I had this incredible business in Kansas city, this incredible painting business. And then we got pregnant with our first kiddo. And I was like, I I, I will live in a tent. I will sell everything I own. I will do whatever so that I can stay home with this kiddo. Like I I just can't go back to an office job and I can't go back to the painting job. And what are we going to do? And so that's when I started hiring other women to come paint for me so I could stay home with our kids. Well, then four or five years ago, I realized, okay, I've got eight women out painting every day, Jamie. And that sounds fantastic, but you know, I'm not, I don't think that I'm management material, really. That's not what my Uh calling is. And I kept thinking the only way I can make more money is to be in more houses at any given time, which takes me away from the family, which takes me, and it just all sounded like torture to me. And so I realized that 
if I can shift my business from being only in my community, only here in Kansas city to the online space, well then like, it's just a wide blue ocean. It's just opens up all the doors. And so I started selling like painting videos online two years ago, no, four years ago, sorry. And I thought, who's going to buy a painting video when they can find this free information on YouTube? Well, um, it took us just a little over a year to hit six figures in selling painting videos. Oh my gosh. Online. And I, Jamie, no one was more surprised than me. Let me just, right. let me just tell you the truth. But the reason it was successful is because I was building my social media and I was, you know, using that email list and then showing up for my people and serving them. And what they were asking for on my Facebook page was, okay, the cabinets you just showed us are gorgeous. How can we do that ourselves? We live in Tennessee or Kentucky mm-hmm. or, you know, know, Florida or whatever. And so I just started giving them basically what they were asking for so they could do it in their own homes. So that quickly grew to a very lucrative business. And then I started coaching all of these women on how they can shift their business from being only in their community to selling things online. Because when you're, and for some people, it doesn't work if they have a brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's where the, just teaching them how to use social media to get more people in the door of their brick and mortar. But there's a lot of women who have creative talents. Um, they want to stay home with their kiddos. Uh, and so they feel like they're in this conundrum. How do I make some money from the family, uh, but also, you know, stay true to the season of life that I'm in right now. And so I want to help those women like kind of bridge that gap. I love it so much. So where do you find out how to become one of your clients? Absolutely. Okay. So you can go to jenniferallwood.com and um, they can, there's some free stuff there. There's my blog there. My coaching group is closed right now until the end of April. Um, But uh, they're welcome to join then and get on a waiting list. But yeah, I am obsessed with just helping empower women, both with strategy, but even more so with mindset, Jamie, on how to take the gifts that God gave them and how to use them um, in a way that's serves their community, serves their family and serves their world. I love it so much. And we'll link all of that in the show notes here. Jennifer, okay. I want to tell you this story real quick. Are you ready for this? Yes. I want to hear it. So just yesterday I got two texts, one from my cousin Tracy and one from my hairdresser Faith. And they both texted me and showed me a screenshot of, I guess Facebook was telling them something they had shared seven years ago. Okay. Cause that's what Facebook does. Yes, absolutely. Which we love. And so they sent me a screenshot of what it was. And it was something that they had shared on Facebook that said, go vote for my friend, Jamie. She's trying out to be a DJ in Austin. And that was seven years ago. And I showed it to Aaron and I thought, who would have ever thought when I heard them on the radio say, Hey, anyone can try out, just send in a demo. And I had never done radio. I had never spoken to a microphone. I don't think that I would try out. And seven years later, I would have a podcast, a book, all of these things. And I don't say that to be like, oh my gosh, look at me. But I say that to think all I had to do was just take that step, even though it was crazy and scary and fearful. And that is a passion of mine with talking to women and it is yours as well. And so just talk to us real quick. Give us some just encouragement. I hope my story is an encouragement that, you know, just stepping out and doing the hard things, um, you never know what's going to come out of it. What is some of your encouragement to people? Yeah. One of my favorite sayings, Jamie, is that you never know who or what is on the other side of your obedience. Mm. And so my guess is when you heard about that contest, you were probably like sick to your stomach. What am I thinking? This is ridiculous. I thought it was the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. Right. But look at what that one step of obedience, look at the doors that that one step of obedience has opened for you. And so the cry of my heart for women that I coach is for them to understand that, look, we're all doing this afraid. 
We're all stepping out. Not sure if it's going to work. Are we going to fail and look stupid? Is anybody going to buy from us? What if this is ridiculous? I mean, that's the normal chatterbox that I think all of us deal with. None of us are exempt from those types of thoughts and those types of feelings. And so what I want to encourage women to do is to go forth anyway, that just because you have fear, just because you're scared, that fear does not release you from your calling. And so if you feel like God is giving you a nudge and here's, here's how I like to describe the nudge, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Okay. So middle school, like go back to middle school. Did you have, did I know, (laughs) did you have dances in middle school? Yes, but I wasn't allowed to go. Okay. Oh, honey. I know. (laughs) Okay. So we had dances. And so like, I can remember being at dances and wanting to ask somebody to dance and being nervous. And my friend, Donnie Sue, who's my best friend growing up. And I can remember her like elbowing me. And she's like, come on, girl, go ask him. And I'm like, no, he's going to say no. And her elbowing me and being like, girl, go for it. You've got this. And me being like, no. Okay. That's what a nudge from God feels like that little elbowing, like that, come on, girl, you've got this. And so, cause sometimes I think when we say, you know, calling and we talk about hearing a nudge from the Lord or a word from the Lord, I don't want it to feel like this thing that people can't grasp. It literally feels like a nudge to me. And maybe it feels different to other people, but that's how I like to describe it. And so if you are a woman who's getting a nudge to start something and you're like, but I'm scared. What I want to tell you is everybody was scared when they started. Mm. Everybody's still scared most of the time. Just because you're scared doesn't mean that you're free from that calling. I really feel like God gives us gifts that he fully expects us to use, Jamie. He fully expects us to do something with those. And so we have a responsibility to bring to the world what he's gifted us with. And so let me take my story, for instance. So, you know, at this point, I'm coaching over 2000 women a month. And that's a responsibility. Like God has given me the the things that I need to be able to do that. I never saw that coming, by the way. You couldn't have, nobody's more surprised than me that I'm doing this every month. But I feel like he's gifted me in this area. It's my responsibility to show up for these people every day um, and, and to serve them in the best way possible. And in turn, that serves my family. It serves my children. You know, one of the things that you and I kind of talked about a little bit also is I find that there are so many women who are so talented and they have like this little nudge that they're getting to start a thing, Jamie, whether that's, you know, baking cookies or starting a nonprofit or starting a whatever. And they're feeling like they're getting this little nudge to start that thing, you know, but they're scared. And so they're stalling. And yet, those same women are having conversations around the dinner table at night and they're telling their kids, baby, go be brave. Mm. You know, do the thing that you're scared of to do. I know at school, you're afraid to ask someone to be your friend, but you need to go be brave. But then they're not being brave with their own life. And so your kids need to see you showing up and going through the hard stuff that preaches so much better than you just talking about bravery. Bravery isn't the absence of fear that bravery is, okay, I'm scared to death. I want to vomit nervous diarrhea, but I am doing this anyway. And so that's my heart cry for the women that are in my circle is um, we're all scared, uh, but you have a responsibility. You have gifts, start the thing, see what happens. Take that first step. Know that just because you're scared doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do it. In fact, usually the thing that you're terrified of the most is exactly the direction you're supposed to be headed in. Oh, you know, it reminds me, we were in Atlanta uh, recently and we went to Passion City Church and we were able to sit and listen to Louie preach a message called, I think he called it Boost or Berry. And it was about the parable of the talents. And it rem- yes. and I left that service just so encouraged of exactly what you're saying is that God has given you stuff. Yep. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to bury it in the ground and just think, I can't do it. It's too much. 
Or are you going to use it um, to do great things in the world for the kingdom? And then Jesus is going to say, what'd you do with it? And you're going to say, look at all these things I did. Look at what I did. And that doesn't mean like if you're listening, you're thinking, golly, I wish I could do something, but I'm at home with three kids or I'm in college or I'm a widow or whatever it might be. I think that we can use all of those things and go, well, I'm disqualified because of whatever. And that's just not true. You're it's just, not true. it's just not true. And your journey and your passion, it could look different. It will look different than mine and yours and other people. But I think totally. what you're saying and what Louis was saying, and what I always want to say is whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, that's your lane. That's your thing. Absolutely. It does not have to look like anybody else's. And so, you know, I've said before to the group that I coached Jamie that I like what I don't want to happen is, you know, I get to heaven one day and be like, uh, and God says, Jennifer, I gave you all these gifts. Like, honey, right. what, what happened? And me be like, well, I was scared. I mean, I just don't know that that excuse is going to fly. And and so that's part of it. But number two, I think that when we use the gifts like we're supposed to, and the Bible actually talks about God giving us wisdom to gain wealth. And so it's okay to charge for the gifts that you have. When you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a businesswoman. She was taking care of her household by taking care of her businesses. And so when you look at that and you look at the fact that your kids, if they see mama step up and do something she's so terrified of, starting a little side gig, starting a little side hustle, starting at anything, the pride that they will feel and what they'll watch you do, because with kids, more is caught than taught. So you're talking to them about they can do anything in the whole wide world, but they'll catch that from you, Jamie, when they actually see you walk that out. But the other piece of that is, I think there's so many families that Maybe they're tight financially, or the husband is working two jobs, or there's stress around money or what have you. And the woman is sitting there with gifts that she could monetize and she could be making some money. She could make the car payment that month and it would take so much pressure off the household. And so I think that we have responsibility to show up both for our giftings and for our family and do the things that God has gifted us to do. Oh, I love it so much. And just... Everything has a season as well. And so Everything has a I, season. what I was doing when my kids were younger, it was, I think, preparing me for what I do now, but it just looked different, you know, and yeah. it's what I could do when I had babies. Okay, Jennifer, I always ask people three things they're loving and what they're reading. Um, are you ready for that? Yeah, I am. Bring it. What are you okay. loving and what are you reading? All right. So something I'm loving, um, the color cobalt blue. Let's just talk about that first. I'm joking and calling it the Allwood family power color. Like everything we're buying right now is cobalt blue. Um, we just bought a new home. We're painting some of our cabinets in blue. I love that. Netflix. I am all about Netflix. Um, what else? What are you watching on Netflix right now? Oh gosh, this will ruin my testimony probably. Uh Okay. No. So, um, so my kids were like starting Riverdale. Have you heard of Riverdale? No. I mean, I've heard of it, but yes, I don't know what it is. Um, high schoolers. And then the other one, um, oh gosh, what was the one that they were just watching with the kids and they're kind of like aliens and why am I going? Yes. Um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yes. Okay. I hate sci-fi, Jamie. I can't even stand like stuff that's from outer space. I don't know. It just, I can't even. And I loved Stranger Things. So loving Netflix um, and I'm loving Instagram stories. Those are the three things that I'm loving. And then I was thinking about your question, like, what are you reading? And I was thinking, okay, on my nightstand right now is your brand new book. Oh, thank you. And and Rachel Hollis's brand new book. But the truth is- your face. Yes. So I don't do a good job of reading hard books because I just feel like the season of life that I'm in, that getting on like audible and listening to books serves me so much better. Because you also love podcasts. So you're hearing, you're you're an audible lover. 
Exactly. I am. But in terms of the one hard book, book, the hardback book that I'm making time for trying to every day is um, a devotional by Beth Moore. I'm a huge Beth Moore fan. I just love her. And she has a daily devotional that I'm trying to um, be really intentional with spending time with every morning. I find that Beth Moore just can bring the Bible down to like a really to a level that I get it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, totally. Simple, Jamie. So I need somebody to really make it simple. So Beth Moore has that. I've got your book on my nightstand um, and I'm listening just to a ton of podcasts. Like I told you, I love podcasts. So that, that's what I'm listening to at the moment. I love Beth Moore as well. One of the greatest people I've ever had the chance to interview was Beth. And I, I did not know that. Oh, I just, I just, you know, cause I have podcast envy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it was really special for me because uh, God used her to bring me to him. And so it was oh. just an honor to be able to say, Hey, I sat under your teaching at passion in 1999 and the Holy spirit moved in my life when you were teaching. And I didn't even know who you were. And so that was fun for me to tell her that. Have you ever seen the YouTube video of Beth Moore when um, she's in the airport and God told her to go brush some man's Yes. Oh my did, gosh. Did that just like rip you apart? I mean, literally just open this like God unzipped me and just like shuffled all my insides and dipped me back up and told me to deal. Yeah. I, I, Every time I watch that, I weep. And just what I love about her is that she's so transparent with uh, her struggles. And I love that she just, the way she serves the world and the way she uses her gifts and her testimony. And so that is amazing. I'm I'm so happy for you that you had a chance to talk to her in real life. I had no idea. It was fun. It was fun. Um, Jennifer, this has been phenomenal. I am going to go put something up on Facebook right now. And oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to work. I'm going to try to work this Facebook thing. So, uh, I'm going to make myself a note and all kinds of things. And I'm going to come watch some of your videos. Hopefully you'll teach me something. I appreciate that. Your, your community would love you being on Facebook live. Jamie, you've got such a great natural presence, um, talking. You're just a great communicator. And so, so you should even go live sometime just in your living room with your family because I, I totally should. Now, do you ever do Instagram live? Um, I don't do Instagram live. I'm going to tell you why they disappear in 24 hours. I knew you were going to say that. And so I don't like it. And so Facebook can stay forever. And then the thing is you can reuse a lot of that content and you can upload it to YouTube and um, break it up into little 15 second Instagram stories, parts of it. But yeah, I love Facebook live and it doesn't always have to be serious. I know a while back, my husband and I were talking about a vasectomy of the, (laughs) his vasectomy gone wrong. And uh, it just, you know, funny conversation. We were talking about one thing and it led to completely another. So I'm, I'm sure your kids loved hearing for- that, you know, I'm sure your kids loved hearing about the vasectomy gone wrong. Well, you know what the truth is that the kids, they think Facebook's for old people. So <laughs> they aren't even on it. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. <clears throat> well, Jennifer, thank you so very much. Jamie, you're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. And it's, I was telling my husband last night, I said, okay, you realize she has one of like the best podcast in the country, right? Like this, like, I'm so excited to be a guest here. So thank you. I just appreciate you and all you're doing. You're kind. Thank you. You guys, once again, when it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G and that's third love. Find your perfect fitting bra today. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off your first purchase. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. You got it, guys. Go there now and get your perfect fitting bra. So you love Jennifer just like I knew that you would, didn't you? Gosh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you might implement some of the things that we chatted about with your influence, your leadership, your ministry, whatever it might look like for you on social media. I also know that Jennifer and I both said this and both truly believe it, that there are seasons for everything. And if you are drowning in baby life and diapers and formula, or you can't even breathe because you're working on your PhD or internships or whatever it might be, 
and you cannot do another thing on the side for this season. There's nothing wrong with that. Our encouragement here is more for that woman that has something brewing inside of her, but she doesn't do anything with that talent and or that gift because she's scared or she's afraid. That's who we want to encourage today. And you guys go listen to the sermon that I mentioned in this episode too from Louis Giglio at Passion City Church. We're gonna link that in the show notes for you, which you can find everything over at jamieivy.com. Friends, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for this show by Matt Graham. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. <laughs>